0: What's up, everybody? and BX here, and welcome to another brand new episode of Breaking the Mold, episode 186. A very special episode, uh, if I do say so myself. Let's go around the yard real quick, say what's up, because we got a
1: special guest to introduce. Uh, but first up, Brian Brink. What's up, dude? What's up, man? It's a great Tuesday. Weather's getting warm. Yesterday was great. Had a great weekend. I do have a quick question for you, though. Mm-hmm. Do you ever realize how often you change light bulbs? Uh, I um, do quite often. I do. do you? Yeah. So I moved into this house in 2009 and there's a light bulb above the vanity in one of my bathrooms it just went out today. And I was like, wow. I've never changed that light bulb before. That <laughs> wow, blew my mind.
2: That's incredible. <laughs>
3: tells,
4: us how, tells us how long you shower for, Brian.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Showers with the finished. lights out. <laughs>
0: right?
4: I, I actually guess. do that from time to time. When I eat yeah. Sometimes
0: I do too in the dark, yeah.
2: Sometimes <laughs> it's nice with the nice hot water just on your back. It's Our nice. bathroom is like super super bright, so right. All right. The, the lights are usually off in there anyway. Okay. All right. Well, JD, what's up, dude? How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Um just Drawing like a mofo you know nice i've been seeing some of the artwork love it incredible you know what i'm saying super talented um make the drive and i'll put some on you how about that dude if you do
0: i i think i always said it i said it before i don't have any tats but if i do get one it's going
4: to be you that does it for sure you know what
2: i'm saying
3: all oh, my, my boys be the, be, the <laughs> first
4: the, be the first one to get the uh the roc or the, the, break it the, the realm yeah get
0: the, get the realm or the B, btm logo somewhere somewhere here somewhere.
4: like right right under your armpit but nobody,
0: <laughs> or nobody will see it <laughs> uh, next up That's enter john addicts how you doing pop
4: yo oh, excited excited um can't wait to talk about this stuff with our new guests yeah. and um that's about it i don't, I don't give a fuck i'm i am have not showed my face on this podcast so <laughs> if you can see i'm
3: excited see
0: um, i'm about to i'm about to line guests up every single week for this show just so i can see you guys you know what i'm saying look, look at look at this handsome gentleman as well big Dom. what's up
5: dude hey now you just think it's my, I hear my pretty voice. You can see my pretty face. <laughs> I, I love all that. I love the
0: beard action going on. No. I love, I'm it. <laughs> Go
4: JD. I, a, I put a little, a little sticky post over Dom's face when he's there. yeah.
5: Just, do what, you need to, do. Do what you need to do. I got no uh, mirrors in my house, so I don't know what I look
0: like. <laughs> yeah. Have has yeah. Work from home, dude. It's the best, right? You don't even have to worry about combing your hair. It's all dude, good palm (laughs) you know so shout out to everybody in the chat tonight chat squad on fire so uh i think they're ready to meet our special guest and uh time to introduce him he's the creator of the upcoming savage crucible line very proud to have him on the show tonight welcome to btm mr rob post what's up dude hey guys
6: this is pretty fun <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks for joining us tonight um you know welcome to the show uh, it, uh what's going on how you doing
6: i'm just glad to be here i'm glad you guys invited me on i hadn't got a chance to talk to david on the camera for a while and um of course dominique's scaring me a little bit but um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: You don't have to be scared man. We're all a bunch yeah. of nice guys. We're all cool here, you we're know. All what I'm saying? We're, we're all family. We're all family, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, once again, uh, thank you for coming on and uh chatting uh with us tonight. Um, you know, before we get into like the nitty-gritty of everything and stuff like that, um, just wanted to get a little background on you. Um, I'm totally unfamiliar uh with the line um that you're creating um looks super interesting from like pictures I've seen so far uh but just wanted to get some of your background like in the hobby as far as like collecting like and um you know what got you into collecting uh how long you've been in collecting you know what I'm saying a lot of us um have like a mutual love for transformers and a lot of other like nerd stuff um that sort of brought us together in this group in the realm of collectors uh you know what I'm saying and you know and a lot of us have just had like these backgrounds where it's like yo it's always been with us since we're children you know what I'm saying and it's just sort of never Left us as we, you know, got into adulthood. Uh, so, just very interested to hear uh, your background in the in the collecting aspect. Sure. So,
6: I guess again, I mean, like you guys started out as in my childhood. Uh, me and my older brother uh, collected everything under the sun from the '80s. And uh, the difference I think was is that me and him used to buy our own toys for the most part. And obviously, we had Christmas and birthdays where our parents and grandparents would buy us stuff. But me and my brother always wanted more. And, uh, so we would come up with little schemes to make extra money. And so, uh, vividly, I've talked about this before. We used to pick pecans out of people's yard, uh, their yards and actually weigh them by the pound and go sell them door to door. And wow. we actually sometimes would sell the pecans back to the people <coughs> that we actually them up out of their yard. <laughs> you know, kind of once we figured out that most people weren't going to turn down kids, whatever we were selling, we just started selling anything random potentially just to make extra money to buy the extra gi joes and transformers so that's pretty right, much where yeah. it started uh i would say when i got into college i was one of the weird guys that had a couple of spawn figures on his desk yeah. you guys all know what i'm talking about back when it was really weird to have a toy yep. yeah, uh, yeah. There, why do you have this every girl would question it you know <laughs> I, I your manhood or something it didn't matter if you played college sports or not you were still looked at really weird mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, I just I was really happy when the Marvel Universe kicked off, and it did sort of seem. I mean, I remember coming back from Iraq and that happening with Iron Man and Batman, and there's sort of like this sort of change because I remember I totally missed out on that reboot of Masters the the two thousand two, X Masters because uh, I was in the military. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't even know it came on, and I wasn't anywhere near a, a, a shop or a toy store or anything like that. The closest thing I had was a porta potty. For a couple mm-hmm. of years so wow. um yeah the culture had really changed uh and then by the time we got into the 2010s collecting was really huge and so i wasn't an outcast anymore from that perspective
0: yeah yeah a lot of us uh similar experiences and stuff like that because as, as you brought up there was a time when it was not really cool to be a, a geek or a nerd or into any of this stuff you know like um You know, a lot of us wrestling fans, like, back uh, in the day, like, during what they call the Attitude Era, like, until that explosion happened, it wasn't cool to be a wrestling fan, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, similar uh, similar to, like, a lot of the collecting stuff, um, especially, like you said, Spawn and and all that stuff from back
6: Yeah, and I collect comics all the way up through college, and... There was, I think, two other kids in my high school. I don't, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds that actually read comic books. You know, everybody now says they read comic books when we were teenagers, but I don't remember any of those kids. Yeah,
3: um, <laughs> not like I don't
6: us. Hang out with, talk about. That, but...
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, th- thankfully the, that culture has changed. You know what I'm saying? And like you said, into the 2010s, like um like a lot of us like i mean me personally i've had lulls uh when it comes to like actual collecting of like action figures as you know you've gotten into like adulthood and stuff like that um but definitely probably since maybe 2012 onward just like non-stop you know what i'm saying and being a part of a group like the realm and and knowing these guys and just kind of like we're all bouncing our collecting habits off each other i think is, is sort of keeping us is what's keeping us grounded and in, in, in it you know what i'm saying because for me you know before this outlet, I didn't really know a ton of people. It's like maybe a friend or two that might have been into the same thing. But now, like with just the online groups and everything and through Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, you know, you just discover these huge communities of people that just enjoy the same things that you do. You know what I'm saying? And it's just been an incredible experience since uh you know, being a part of all that and stuff like that. You mentioned Iraq and being a part of the army and stuff like that. That's pretty interesting. Um, (laughs) When did you when did you enlist and and do that?
6: And thank you for your service. Uh, Thank you. Um, I actually enlisted after I got out of college, and that was a personal choice of mine. Uh, I come from a family that my father and my uncle were both officers, and so they weren't exactly enthusiastic about my decision to enlist. And for those not known to the nomenclature, when you enlist, you are not an officer. You start out like a private sergeant. Those kinds of things are what they call enlisted ranks. And the officer is you know, lieutenant, captain, blah, blah, blah. So, but I chose to enlist for several reasons. And part of that was I got to choose what specialty I was gonna go into. And I went into a military intelligence specialty and got uh, the opportunity to go to a language school. So I actually learned Arabic And um, oh, cool. Army. Yeah, and so the difference is when you when you go in uh, as an officer, you don't actually get to pick what job you do. The army the army assigns that to you, so you actually have no control whether you end up becoming a infantry officer or a supply officer, or you go into military intelligence. You have zero control over that if you're an officer. And so, do they uh, do you take an aptitude
1: test or something like that,
6: and for then the they place you? Yes, there, there is an aptitude test. Uh, it's actually a made up language that they teach you in a couple of minutes, and then they test you on your ability to single out certain things of that language. And when learning a, a new language, it basically goes down to how well you know your own language. And what I mean by that is the structure, knowing what a noun is versus a pronoun, verb, adverb, understanding those certain semantics that come into a language, the structure itself. So those are rules. And if you can easily understand those rules, and the ability to hear them, then you should be able to, in theory, pick up a foreign language relatively easy. Hmm. That's interesting. I've
0: never heard that, like, explained, like, from that type of angle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's usually the, you know, they got the apps that, you know,
6: the Lingo or whatever, you know, learn the language oh, and stuff okay. like that. <laughs> when I was in language school for Arabic, the people that had a four-year degree in Arabic, we blew past them in about five weeks. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. Wow, that's interesting. That's, uh,
0: it's so amazing right. how much
1: you don't learn by conjugating verbs. I guess for a quarter.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: as far as um, collecting, what are some of the lines that you
6: collect? As far as, and what are some of your favorites? So, Mythic Legions. Uh, obviously, I was a big collector of Mythic Legions. Um, I love Marvel. That's one of the comic books I read. I wasn't the biggest DC fan growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, if you came to Toyland, you saw. I sold a couple of my Sentinels, but we still have a couple in the office. Um, those things are fantastic if you ever get your hands on one. Um, and then the, I'm really big into like monsters and vampires and things like that. So a lot of the sort of the NECA realm is what I like and the figure arts are also something else. So wow. specifically, not so much the monster arts. Some of those are just a little too big and uh, expensive. but. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, the Monster Arts line, I mean, they look cool. It's nothing I would ever, like, buy, but I, I was into the the superhero stuff with the SH Fig Arts, and, and to me, that was always pricey, uh, especially when I kind of was first dipping my toe back into this collecting world, like, back in 2012 and collecting third-party Transformers. I'm like, yo, like, a fi- like one figure is, like, 60 bucks or 80 bucks, and I'm, like, right. wasn't used to that, and now, you know, we're spending $300, $400, like, like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's amazing, like, the escalation, but... um. But I remember like that, like that sort of like shock, uh, sticker shock, like seeing what some of the prices for some of the stuff was. But obviously, quality uh, of these figures were, were awesome. and that was, like, Eventually, once you got used to that, you're just very happy um, to pay it and stuff. So, um, as far as this Savage Crucible line, um, what has been like your inspiration as far as creating the line and, um, like what what about like the undertaking of it like how do you even like sort of start something like that like to me you know I I assume you got to have a team and it's sort of like a team effort sort of thing but um like how do you even get that off the ground like just from a concept level
6: well I know how I got it off the ground Um, and I think everybody's done a different approach I can say that I didn't start out wanting to create necessarily a toy line in the beginning it's obviously started with mafc the myactionfigurecustoms.com and that was just me creating custom parts for um, the toys that i owned and that was relatively simple it wasn't really complex and then when i got a bunch of really great artists uh surrounded by it became a lot easier just to make parts and we were just trying to push the limit on how many parts we could make and uh, there was at one point where I was looking at partnering with a uh, relatively well-known company to make character packs. And at that point I was actually in negotiations with them and I was reaching out to a factory overseas, trying to get some pricing info and some understanding. And that individual, Dave Proctor um, of Spartan Toys after talking to him and the other deal following through is when it really solidified my idea that I could do this very not almost say easily, but relatively easily for me, uh, just in the sense that it wasn't overwhelming the barriers to entry. And so I think there's relatively about three or four barriers to entry when you come into making a toy line. One is having a customer base. The second is having the talents or the know-how and how to actually sculpt. Third is the factory or the engineering aspects of it and fourth which is probably the biggest is the monetary demands that creating a new toy line puts on you Um, making an action figure is not cheap at all the molding for let's say your basic six to seven inch figure with the articulation um, based on how most factories are set up right now in china that's about six molds it takes worth of parts a mold costs anywhere from five to six thousand dollars Um, a piece so just out the door that's $30,000 plus and sunk costs just to have the molding that doesn't include paying a sculptor to sculpt it or having the know-how or anything like that Um, it also becomes very difficult in today's market simply because you don't know who to trust because you're trying to get something made overseas and there's obviously a language barrier and things of that nature So historically, right now, there's really only about two or three factories that everybody that's independent in America uses the figures. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Just
0: I I would assume just because the the track record of business and and like, you know, doing business with those companies overseas. Right. I I could imagine uh, the undertaking of that um, because it's true. Like you said, the language barrier, there must be a lot of back and forth um so the logistics of that whole thing the way you just described is just like <laughs> mind-blowing what's what's your um part of it as far as like are you like the con uh like the
6: artist the, the storyteller like the sculptor like what's your uh part of it? so i came up well my my biggest part is uh i'm the money that's, that's the big part. <laughs> um but i, I wish we good. had the sound effect of here comes <laughs> the <laughs> money. Yeah. money money
3: money, money,
6: money. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I would say, honestly, the world, the world that I'm trying to create, um, I do love fantasy, I, you know, I love Tolkien, I, I love Diablo, play a lot of Blizzard games, uh, all through college and into adulthood. And that's the world that I really enjoy. Um, For me, when I started it, there were certain things that I wanted to do differently that were important to me. And so there was a big focus on certain things like articulation like that was a huge deal to me because there were certain things like you know you go back and you look watch Conan with Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's always doing his bodybuilding poses but he's doing with that badass sword and you know you you remember that you remember all that like it's it's iconic and it just stays with you and there aren't too many American-based companies that had the articulation that gave you the ability to have those poses there were some Japanese companies um that had that articulation but it wasn't Either a was a little less aesthetically pleasing, or was way too complex in the articulation. Um, so I don't know if you've ever played some of the yamaguchis; they're really fun, but they can also mm-hmm. quickly look like a Picasso painting if you <laughs> move them incorrectly. Right. So we were trying to get a balance there, and that was that was a really key aspect. The next part was is you know some of the mechanics of the world that I was creating. I feel like sometimes in properties you get stuck with a story or a theme, or this can't exist there because you've set up certain rules. So Mm -hmm. I intentionally came up with mechanics in this world that would allow me to bring in whatever character I ever wanted to bring into it.
5: So Mm -hmm. there's really
6: not any kind of holds barred. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but um, I think once everybody reads the graphic novels and puts some thought process into it, I think they can see that you can pretty much bring any character you want into this world. Hmm. That sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's um, like I know
0: you can't give too much away, but you know that that sounds really interesting. What uh, what the uh, graphic novel part is? That do you plan to have that distributed in comic shops, or is that something that's going to be coming with the figures uh, themselves once they're being distributed?
6: So the the first graphic novel is already written and drawn, and there's 30 pages colored out of 56. Uh, unfortunately, colorist got sick for two weeks, and we we missed that deadline, but. That'll be finished here in the next two weeks or so. How I'm going to put that out, I actually haven't decided yet. I don't know if I'm going to just offer that as free, which most people think I'm crazy for doing that. Um, it takes a lot of money to put out a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we're going to ask for donations. I don't know if that's going to be a an item that we just give away free when we do the first opening orders. I I haven't decided. I okay. That's gonna be happening over the next three to six weeks, I guess, I'll have to make a decision on that. Um, But it was really important to me in terms of the lore that people really understood the world and understood the mechanics. And I didn't want to spoon feed anybody. And Abraham does a fantastic job of creating these very compelling stories that I think that will resonate with a lot of people um and we wanted to make it an adult i'm going to be honest this is not something you want to give an eight-year-old to read it's Mm -hmm. called savage school, not level by so Mm -hmm. uh, you know it's not remotely pornographic or anything of that nature but it's it's definitely it's meant for the adult collector it's kind of like how yeah I, i think of the writing and the characters much like how we all imagine optimus prime to be but when you go back and look at the original toy It's not what you remember playing with as a kid. It's ugly. Yeah, (laughs) not what you remember playing with. Like you, you wanted that image in your mind of what you were playing with. You were playing with Optimus from the cartoon. So, I wanted a world that that that's what we imagined it to be. Not not what it. But some people try to put out. Okay, that's
0: interesting. Uh, screen sharing some of the concept designs here, and uh, I mean that looks amazing.
6: Um, Yeah, well we. We went through a lot of different concept artists uh, over the past couple of years, and it was really important. You know, Rubis is our main concept artist, and he does a fantastic job. And uh, Kevin Delise does a great job of coming up with his own characters as well in terms of how they design them. But we wanted to make sure that we didn't, and I'm not trying to be rude here, but we didn't want it to seem like it was just another four white guys in a room, coming up with something fantasy-wise, we wanted to make sure that we brought in some other influences from different cultures, from different artists around the world. Um, something that comes up a lot when you're talking to manufacturers of toy lines is how certain characters will do really well in certain parts of the the world, and not in other parts of the world, and why is that? And so I, I feel like with fantasy, you can start start to really blend certain aspects together um, to create some different themes and things of that nature that we hadn't had before or at least not on the mainstream level if we ever become mainstream i hope yeah i mean just what i'm seeing from the chat there
0: seems to be like a lot of excitement uh from the fan base from what i'm seeing um you i think this was initially announced just only like a few weeks ago right at the Lana
6: show last month am i correct that's correct. That's when the toy line was announced. We had been working on this since uh, started the second quarter of 2020, I believe, is when I came up with Savage Crucible, the name and the group. And uh, so, yeah, it's been we've been working on this for two years now, uh, quietly. I'm surprised that. Uh, it didn't get out. Thankfully, David didn't tell anybody.
0: <laughs> I <just> has <laughs> got a big mouth, oh, man. Hey, oh, not, oh, I <laughs> did. Oh, I did. They
4: just keep secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, did
0: you have a question before? I thought I cut you off before a few minutes ago. I did.
4: I don't remember it now. So I'm actually going through the questions that people wrote in the um, in the in the group in the Sav- in the Savage Crucible group. Uh, if you want me to read off one of those, I always can't do that. Um Sure. Do you want so I found this question in um interesting because I mean I've seen some of your stuff already and it, it's probably self-explanatory that the plastic's gonna be done, but what plastic build is what is the plastic build gonna feel like? Like Marvel Legends, Mythic Legions, Essays Figuarts, Valiverse, etc. Like they're trying to get a feel for like what to expect
6: right so I, I think what the original poster was getting at was <clears throat> the shore hardness of the plastic and so uh or the durometer of the plastic rather but the, the commonly referred to as short hardness and what that deals with is just you know how bendable is the plastic now the reason why Marvel Legends have a softer feel to them is because they have to go through certain testing to be able to be sold for kids and that's what those as you guys know those ratings on packages like three and up six and up mm-hmm. 12 and up uh, 19 and up, adult only that's what, really what that refers to is who it's supposed to be sold to and whether it's had that testing or not and so um obviously the lower you go in terms of the age group the softer the plastic needs to be there's a whole lot of other different aspects that go into it but these aren't being marketed or sold to kids these are being sold to adult collectors so the plastic will be a little bit harder. It's harder to describe the feel. And I know what he's saying in terms of feel. Um, no, they're not going to be soft like Marvel Legends. They're going to be closer to Valverse figures, but Valve the first run of Valverse figures were a little bit harder um, on the short hardness, I believe. I think I watched Bobby uh, last week or something, or maybe it was this week. Time gets away from me. But I think they were doing about 95 short hardness. Um, I think our goal is to go in probably somewhere around 90, 91 shore hardness. And that has a lot to do with the swappability of the parts, making sure that they don't snap. Um, one of the aspects that's really interesting that I've learned a lot about is the materials behind <coughs> making action figures and understanding which material you use for which part and understanding that there's different coefficients friction on how like a pom will work on pvc and how pvc and pvc create certain different a different type of fiction uh, not fiction but rather friction friction you're right so that <clears throat> that comes into play a lot when you're designing toys oh, look at that
2: and it had to be a dane too didn't it
6: so for those that don't <laughs> know i actually breed great danes and um so this is something that's near and dear to my heart. That and uh I tell you some people can attest to this. I don't really care if it sells well or not. There will be um Battle Danes so <laughs> It that's might be the worst so selling awesome. action figure of all time, but <laughs> they're getting so, made.
4: So we, we we have another cast member who couldn't make it today, and he's a big fan of um companion pieces like this, and I could see him buying a few of these actually. Yeah. yeah. For
2: sure. Uh,
4: no. Um, another, may- another question that I, I, I just want to get through is a lot of people asking everywhere I look is when will the when will these be available? <laughs> is there an estimated time <clears throat> when people will be able to start pre-ordering these?
6: So, um, I promise I wouldn't just say soon on the show. Um there's there are reasons why I keep that information to myself um, strategically. it's it's very important not to not to put too much information out there, especially with dates that allow people to um, circumvent your thunder. So that's something that, you know, that's why we kept the toy line so secret. That's why we did the announcement the way we did. We didn't we could have started talking about this a year ago and everybody would have been completely okay with that. But what we didn't want to do is create fatigue from people hearing about something for a year before you could even purchase it. And that's something we didn't want to happen. I, I can say that you'll be able to purchase this relatively soon. The way that we're going about it is is similar to a lot of different companies that have tried it in the past, but we're going about it in a very different manner. So I will say that, yes, there is going to be a Kickstarter, but the Kickstarter will be very different, um, in terms of how we set it up. And what I mean by that is a couple of different things. And I try not to be too long winded here, but one is, is, some of you guys might have noticed uh, that we started posting prototypes of our figures from the factory, and they look very similar in terms of the plastic used that Spiro Toys is showing off their prototypes for their uh, Animal Warriors of the Kingdom figures from their Kickstarter last summer. So that should tell you how we are almost in the same level of process, but they had their Kickstarter last summer and we haven't had ours yet. Um, We
3: are.
1: I was going to ask you: Is this is this going to be like through a Kickstarter?
3: Yes, it will
6: be. However, the difference is is that I am putting one hundred fifty thousand dollars into tooling already. Um, so the goals will be different, and the amount of figures will be. the other things that we've learned over the past couple years watching kickstarters and watching toy lines and how they get rolled out and the problem with being a new ip a brand is that there's a strong incentive to get wrapped up into a kickstarter or a new ip and put out just a ton of figures at the beginning um and i understand that the you want to give fans what they want but at the same time there are a lot of fans that They don't want to start a new line if they have to buy 40 figures out the gate. It's too daunting. They don't have that much disposable income. Um, They feel like they can't collect the whole line or be a part of it. And that's a turnoff. So we didn't want to do that. Second, factories hate that. They absolutely hate these big Kickstarters and how there's too much for them to do at one time. So we've been working with the factory on what's an ideal setup and so instead of waiting having a kickstarter and waiting two years to get your figures what we'd rather do is have a kickstarter have it divided up into three waves and you get your first your first wave of figures in you know 10 to 12 months and then your wave 2 figures 4 months after that and your wave 3 figures 4 months after that And so you get a lot of figures in the same amount of time period, but you're not waiting two years to get them. And furthermore, you can see the depth of the line from the very get go. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because, and I'm sure like obviously putting in cash up front, obviously sort of gives you a head start in that process, right? As far as getting the the molds going with the factory and getting those parts and all that, obviously, just,
6: just like the prototypes that you guys have seen other companies that have already had a Kickstarter had to pay for theirs. And I mean, to, to, to be completely transparent, then those, those prototypes each one is over a thousand dollars. So you, know, if you look at our our starting sort of lineup with six figures, that's easily six grand that you spend on getting those prototypes. Um, obviously I had to buy a couple extra copies. So that's like 18 grand. So, you know, that's yeah. the going rate. So we had no problem. And when I say we, I guess it's just me. I had no problem putting up the money. I believe in the success. And that's why you're not going to see um, more than two figures that have the same kind of tooling in the lineup um, okay. when it started. Oh, wow. So many different characters are so much different tooling because I don't need the capital necessary. I'm playing a long game here and I'm betting that this is going to be wow. popular in the long run and mm-hmm. that the tooling will come back and be paid for. Over a couple of years. Yeah,
4: yeah. I'm, I'm expecting my money back pretty quickly. Back. You know, like that, that was just a loan, dude. Like, you, know you, can't pay, you can't pay me back in coins and figures. It's not gonna work.
6: Okay. Tell you now. First of all, we both know so that would work. he's lying. You know? <laughs> <laughs> lying, so
3: so lying. That,
6: that brings up my
4: next question. Um, I mean, I know there's a lot of people in the chat that received one of these. Um, some didn't, but um, the coins. Are, they are questions. They want to know more about the coins and what's the uh, expectation sure that,
1: of them. What's that coin, Dave?
4: Oh, you want to see it? All right, hold on. So, here's one side. Oh, wow. Yep.
1: Now, is that a normal size coin or does it just. It's a big It's a big coin. Is that a normal size coin or does it just look big because you're holding it? No, look. Oh, yeah, exactly. You see,
4: <laughs> here's my cell phone. Look at the coin. Oh, okay. Coin, right? So this so, is this, this this is one of the I guess the other coins that he has. Right. Different.
0: That looks amazing. So and what's the, uh what's it made of? Metal. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, because I was like, it looks legit from the camera, but I was like, you can't really tell. They, they, they are
6: legit. Wow. wow. They are very very nice, very well made and if most people would know by now but the 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 big medallion cypher coin that went out to the top 90 uh buyers from mafc uh, over the lifetime of the company and that was just a way of saying thank you these smaller dwarven coins um there's six of them there's two different designs and three different colors each and those went out to every person that have ever purchased from mafc and that was just my way of saying thank you because quite frankly, without MAFC, this probably would not have been possible. I wouldn't have gone down this path and um, had a lot of the connections and the friendships needed to, to what I hopefully will feel like will be a successful line. Mm-hmm. So the coins are great. I love them. We are going to offer a antique silver version of the medallion Cthulhu cipher coin in the Kickstarter. Um, unfortunately, if you got a gold medallion Cypher so coin, that's, that's that's it. Those are the only ones ever being made. And uh, the antique silver, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I you can know. imagine. And this is we have a bet going internally, which one's going to be the rarer one? Because um, people are going to have to buy that coin um, through the Kickstarter. I don't know if, how many people are really going to want to buy it. I, I, I could be wrong on that. But um, I don't know which one's going to be rarer, but I think they're both going to be pretty rare in terms of. Uh, uh collecting it collectability in it so uh this pretty is awesome. awesome i've had it, i've had mine at home for months now and uh every girl that's been in my apartment has been freaked out <laughs> oh <my God.
0: laughs> uh, this is awesome to hear in the chat Brian in xl he said he bought one head a few years ago and he still got a coin so it's like so epic so that's that's awesome of you man to to do that for oh yeah
6: know. no we sent out over
4: a thousand yeah
6: imagine that sending out over
4: a thousand coins just the postage alone you know
0: what i mean yeah and 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 listen there's a couple of things you said earlier like as far as like your vision for the line right um the articulation of the action figures personally that speaks to me i love articulation because um i'm into like figure photography and stuff like that and and following people on instagram that take these incredible (coughs) photos of these action figures um you know like almost like setting a movie scene (laughs) you know with, with these action figures you know so uh with the articulation aspect of it is that something that you had in mind you know for the collectors of the line you know for them to be able to to use the line for stuff like that like figure photography
6: yes and so that was something that I, uh, you know you guys know the amazing darius uh, of course, yeah and uh, we spoke on the phone several times and we talked about the certain aspects of articulation that we we both liked and things that made it more favorable for photography You know a lot of people that don't aren't in photography don't like the what i call the midfoot bend aspect of it some people think it's just a useless joint but for photographers um they absolutely love it so that's something that we're playing with some characters will have that and some characters won't um the two-handed poses were absolutely essential that i i absolutely demanded the ability to do so We came up with this uh, butterfly system, and it's only a forward-facing butterfly. But the amount of articulation that it gives you, if you (coughs) you keep the arms straight, you can actually cross the wrists of the figures um, in in front of them. So, And we do have a nice, wonderful two-minute video clip that I think is going to really show off the the articulation. So this is a prototype from the factory. Naughty final figure. This doesn't come out of the injection molding process. Um, The pins that you see in the arms are pins that won't be visible when the the, uh, figures are actually made. So, you guys can give me your feedback on what you guys see here uh, over the next two minutes. I was kind of joking with the guys that I still uh, cry like a girl watching a. uh, Beauty and the Beast for the first time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, so I see what you mean. Like uh, with the foot there, right? Is that what you're talking about—the midfoot or uh,
3: to- yeah, yeah. articulation?
0: <clears throat> oh, and the two hands. Oh, wow. So the so the shoulders do, uh, are able to reach out far enough to be able to do that
5: oh, yeah. with
0: the, with the armor pieces on too. So that's impressive. Yeah.
5: Rob that's... you had me at lizard people like you know like, <laughs> <laughs> my video, I was like yes and so actually on this figure, that the, the the
6: the his uh armor over his chest the top pieces right here um that's a design change that we've made already since then um those pieces uh will actually be able to flex up they're actually going to be two different pieces that we glue in and so when he moves those arms above his head that that'll still be able to flex over and create some space with the, the armor that goes over the chest. So um you should be able to get some pretty epic overhead um chopping two-handed poses. So nice.
4: So I, I can't help um, you know, as a customizer ask this question because I'm looking at this guy and he's just like has no paint on him at whatsoever. Like so I'm like um, I know these are going to probably come fully painted, but, um, what are your plans for, you know, the customizing aspect of, it? are you going to ever, um, supply maybe blank
6: canvases or something like that, or maybe like a builder's body or something? So I don't have a cute name for them yet. Um, okay. if anybody has any suggestions, I'm always willing to listen, but mm-hmm. yes, we are going to offer two figures um, that are going to have minimal paint decos for customizers. Okay. And that was really important to me, is important to the guys that I work with, um, because we all like to customize toys and we know that not everybody likes to customize. I get that. and. And you don't have to customize but you know whether it's a whether you call it a builder or a paint master or a artist proof or whatever you want to call it um i think there is a demand for that now how much demand i don't know but i'm willing to at least give the 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 fans the opportunity to, to prove everybody else wrong that that is something that people really want in a certain amount of quantity so Yes, there will be two figures in the lineup that will have a version that has very low paint deco. And What I mean by very low paint deco is, is let's say, for instance, one of them is uh, this reptilian character. Then that character will probably just come with like painted eyes because painted eyes are usually pretty hard to do for even good painters. So um, so minimal paint. uh on that but obviously having you know two other versions mm-hmm. that have a lot of paint decos on them that are really really done really nice that's the idea <laughs> <laughs> Robo uh, saying he nice, to buy dude. two of each yeah the badass <laughs> re- badass <laughs> reviews in the chat was asking if the
0: pins are going to be metal pins and the figures
6: so in the uh elbows and knees where you can see the pins in that video that's just from the molding process that they do so the actual joints and the Elbows and knees, the the disc pins are actually going to be molded into that elbow, so the elbow gets molded over the two disc pins. So there's actually no metal in the um, the knees or the elbows. There will be two pins inside the chest that you can't see that that goes into creates the butterfly that holds the butterfly part of the butterfly. There's a the front part of the butterfly is held by the two pins. The back side there's actually a stop. That makes it where you can't keep pulling the butterfly out. There's actually a stop built in there. So, mm. so
0: I heard you mention earlier that uh, you were planning because this was a question I was going to ask. But as far as like uh, like the release schedule or like the waves, I guess you would say, like you were planning for you said six figures uh, for your first wave. Um, n- no, I said there
6: are six u- unique figures, six, oh. uh, tool figures <laughs> in <laughs> uh- the lineup um that will be offered in the initial kickstarter each wave will consist of four to six figures um and those six unique sculpted will be over those so there's approximately four i think there'll be 14 figures roughly offered um over the kickstarter and those will be split over seven primarily unique sculpted figures so okay wow okay nice
0: um how many did you plan for how many ways (laughs) you have planned like so far oh um
6: (laughs) there are in addition to the six that most people know about because there's six statues i brought to toylanta there's one two three four there's five other characters that are already finished completely and the guys are working on more so um there is no shortage of material at all the other aspect that we're going to do is there's going to be almost as many head packs armor packs and yes. weapon packs as there are figures nice all right wow, yes. so that was a,
0: that was oh, another wow. question is like accessories like um... <clears throat> I saw like uh, they showed the Dane like earlier, like the, the animals and stuff. Are you planning on like more uh, stuff like that, as far as like those ancillary characters or, or animals,
6: different animals in the line? So, yes, obviously, um, the the Battle Dane will not be in the first Kickstarter. I can go ahead and tell you that, and there will only be there'll only be one Kickstarter. There's no reason to have a second one, in my opinion. Um, those ancillary characters are non-standard characters. And I think there was a question somewhere where was people people were asking about scales. Are we going to have different scales? And the answer is yes. If you look at the concept art, there's a couple pictures where we have two different scales. We have sort of what we've been showing everybody and then a slightly bigger humanoid and shark character. And so um The answer is yes. Uh, Obviously, this was an example of taking the sort of standard size and making a bigger size character to it (laughs) Yes, we are. We are. We do have those characters. We are playing those characters, but it goes back to how many characters can you actually release at one time and not overwhelm people? Yeah, Um, it's not us trying to be sneaky or, you know, trying to hide something because we don't want to ruin all our thunder. To be quite frank, Kevin and, and Nick have been sculpting for well, Kevin's been sculpting for two years now on this, and Nick's been sculpting for over a year. That doesn't that doesn't even account for um, Lee or Gordon or Arlen um, sculpting. So there is no shortage of material that we have at our disposal. But I'm not going to bring that out. And I think there was another question. I think Justin asked, like, is there going to be some ridiculous Kickstarter with you know? Fifty stretch gold or something. The answer is no, because there's no point. Um, all you do is you overwhelm the factory with too much stuff to try to produce. And what happens is when you annoy your factory, not to be—at least this is just my personal opinion—not that they've said that they do this, but I think they just push you back. I think you. Do it your I think it's better to be a good customer to your factory.
2: Yeah. Um, don't piss the cook off, you know. Exactly. He's gonna, gonna spit in your food.
6: Yeah, I mean it's it, it, it's funny because I don't think enough people think about that really. So if if you know your factory's having a hard time um, getting stuff out, why don't you make it easier on them? Like, you know, if you can financially make it easier on them and create a smaller wave, why don't you do that? That just it makes more sense that way. Um, you know, and COVID, still a problem, guys. I, I know that here in the states, it seems like it's kind of. Dissipated or whatnot, but China is a totally different environment on how they deal with COVID. In fact, those prototypes I was supposed to have in Atlanta—they already had three of them made. We're going to be shipped the next day, and China put a lockdown, so mm-hmm. I didn't get them.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's another just a variable <laughs> that I could throw a wrench into into everything, you know. So yeah, hey, something. Hey
4: to- Rob, tell us a little bit more about
6: Toylana How'd that work out for you guys? And uh,
4: we weren't there, so I'd like to know about it.
6: Um, Toy Lana was fantastic. I can't say enough great things about the venue and the show itself. Uh, there was about 17,000 people came through the door down there. I don't know that you guys have ever been, but um, essentially, it's just a toy collecting convention. Um, two floors, hundreds of vendors, every toy that you can literally imagine. Um, I can tell you that you know we flew in a lot of different people from across the country and the, the overwhelming consensus was it was the best show that they've ever been to and their toy collecting lives so it is a lot of fun we had a great time uh the reception was great and what's what's interesting is we talk about this to uh, a, a lot of people on the team there's always seemed to be have been this conception of independent toy companies only seem to visit either the Northeast or California and are there, or, you know, if they're in their hometown or something, and there's a lot of places that I would just like to go, to go visit, you know, you don't have to do it every year, but just to kind of spread the word, because there were a lot of people that loved fantasy that had never heard of any of the fantasy lines that were there. No. And they were super, super excited. And so it doesn't matter if you were, you know, Spiro Toys with AWOC or um, Savage Crucible or any of the other fancy toy lines, like they were excited to see something like that being there versus, you know, if you guys know about Joe Fest, Joe Fest is in Augusta, Georgia. Joe Fest is massive, just massive toy show. And um, yeah, so, you know, you can imagine the differences there. from Some of the venues in the Northeast are a lot smaller in my opinion not as nicer, um, because of the cost involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <clears throat> like
0: you basically debuted, uh, or announced like the line at that last show. Um, what other channels have you used to sort of, uh, get the word out there for the Savage Crucible line uh, Doing any sort of promotion, in, you know, in other, in any other channels?
6: So, you know, we rely on Facebook and, um Instagram. Obviously we have a base following through MAFC and the previous customers. And so that's a great base to have when you're trying to start a new IP. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, you know, based on my experiences, I think the open rate for emails is pretty low. So it's about it less than 30% on any emails that we send out. Um, So we knew that if we did an announcement through an email, it wasn't going to be effective. We also noticed um, through Instagram and Facebook that there is some overlap of people that are on both. But primarily the overwhelming majority on each side do not cross platforms between Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it is. And in terms of how we're going to do our best to try to get this out there, um, we are going to use all those platforms available to us. And obviously I have some business background that has not been utilized as much in the, the toy business and how we're going to reach some new customers nice
0: and a and, lot and the line when it's eventually available is it going to be available worldwide yes okay so that's that's awesome so anywhere anywhere you're at you could purchase the line get these figures in your hands that's that's great news. So uh, another question I uh, might have had, I don't know, you know, this might be controversial to say. I mean, you brought it up earlier. You said you were a fan of, like, the Mythic Legions line. Like, I think I'm the only guy on this panel uh, that doesn't collect <laughs> Mythic Legions, you know what I'm saying? It's just, I'm just like a like a Transformers guy. I've pared down my collecting. But these guys love it. Um with the fantasy style, there's some similarities there and stuff like that. So, like, what's going to be, what's basically your plans to set the Savage Crucible line apart from what made the Mythic? Well,
6: um, obviously, fantasy races, there's the, and I think that was a question that came up in uh the facebook group what was it you know i was like what define what you consider a traditional fantasy race because well i think most people can can come to a pretty good conclusion that they think like orcs or elves or dwarves are your prototypical fantasy races some people might say barbarian for instance because i mean anything from howard is pretty prototypical fantasy but Mm. so yeah, we'll certainly cover all of those races. Um, in my opinion, I came up with characters and wanted artists to show me their interpretation of types of characters that I feel like were underrepresented in the fantasy world. I think from my perspective, I love the marvel universe i love watching the batman movies but i don't need 60 batmans in my man cave and if you have 60 batmans in your man cave keep them please i don't I'm not offended by it i'm just saying, like i don't <laughs> need that so when you're going to make your own toy you want to make the stuff that you want to see like battle Danes. well i love creatures i love lizards i love hp lovecraft i love Kabuki, mm-hmm. themes um there haven't been a lot of figures in that sort of dark fantasy horror genre. That's not the entirety of Savage Crucible, but we are pulling from those genres a little bit. And so, I mean, it's called Savage Crucible. Um, so we want the world to be somewhat savage. And it also goes back to some of the sculpts that we've done and how people responded to them. You know, i remember the first time we did a vampire head no one asked us to do a vampire head at all and it was a massive hit um when we did the anubis stuff that was a massive hit and so and you can kind of see that and you, and you started seeing uh, a lot of like some of the native american um the incas or the Aztec uh or not Aztec but aztec um characters that people are making and you can kind of see those they want they want their own representation of things that they liked or grew up with and we kind of pull from <laughs> their different genres you know but you think of it like how predator does a pretty good job in some of the comics and things like that how they bring predator into certain aspects of you know earth's history things of that nature that's that kind of makes it fun um and so i would always love to geek out over things like Atlantis or Lemuria or secret continents or the, you know, the moon's hollow or something to that nature. That's fun. It's entertaining for me, but that's, that's things that I think we can draw on to bring a lot of fun into the line. Okay. So I think that's the real difference is the selection of characters that we're going to bring. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that's interesting. And then like you said, you mentioned, you know, I guess when we're all eventually able to read the comic, we'll have we'll all have a greater understanding of uh, the concept of that world that you're you're creating there and stuff i'm i could only assume there will be some synergy like with the comic and maybe like the, the your first like wave of releases of figures because i know i'm the type of guy that if i read like a uh, like a comic book or something i want to i'm like oh i see these characters i want to be able to, <laughs> to to play with them so like when the book comes out are those characters you see in the comic you're going to be able to purchase right away
6: well you know the ones that live <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nice, nice, nice. That's awesome. Um, that's awesome. So, looking forward to hearing more. What's like your plans as far as like like announcements and such? As far as like uh, you know, when maybe the Kickstarter will be up, or like, um, or maybe just like when people can expect your next major announcement concerning like the line.
3: Hmm.
6: I think we post to Instagram about three times a week. Um, we're going to be doing some contests where we're going to be giving away a couple of medallions and a couple of. Uh, Full sets of the dwarven coins um we're also going to go start doing a phase where we're going to start doing interactions with fans in terms of asking for feedback on either color schemes and or what people think should be in an armor pack or a weapons pack or a you know a head pack what thing what are things that people would most like to see based on what they've seen so far mm-hmm. um from there, we're just going to move into showing people the videos and things of that nature, and that people get a better idea of the scale. I think uh, originally, you know, there was some, there was a one or two people that might have felt like the figures were too thin or thought they might be too thin, and that's all about context and relative, relative relative nature of what they're next to. And so far, it's been intentional that the figures haven't been next to anything of the pictures mm-hmm. so that you couldn't ascertain the scale of them. But in those videos, you saw uh, human hands and you start to understand why wow, these are pretty big figures. No, when they are posed, they are not thin at all. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the what 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 I wanted it to set it apart was is, you know, I didn't want um Motu figures, I didn't want a human physique that was unnatural. And so when we base the body type off of uh, CrossFit athletes, like the people that compete in their little national championship, those are the proportions that we went for incredibly ripped, muscular, you know, males and females, but still in the realm of realistic. And so one of the things in the group we talk about, well, realistic in terms of it can be achieved. Let's put it that way. Um, the difference is, you know, everybody everybody can agree that Arnold Schwarzenegger was a huge man. He was massive, but you know, you go Google the pictures of with him with Andre the Giant, Will Chamberlain, and he looks tiny. It's uh. a joke. Like, it, like <laughs> he doesn't. He looks like half a man, and that's what people just have to understand. When you, until you see figures next to each other, where you can actually get a great uh, comparison, you don't really understand how big or little they really are. You know, I got to bring something up, though, Rob. You
4: know, you're talking about the CrossFit body type and all that. What about the dad bod? That
2: <laughs> you know, come on. Sweaty, sweaty I mean, fatties. Dude, you we, know, <clears throat> we like
4: to too. You know, we want to go to one
3: at one point.
6: <laughs> all, all I can say is is that it's, it's, um, it's very easy to change out the lower abdomen to make it more a rounder, Mm uh, with still some, some, some ab definition. And, um, we have plans for a lot of different types of characters. That's that is certain. And I think, you know, I, am sure a lot of the customizers can imagine pulling the parts off of each of the figures so far and kind of creating different, different sort of unique archetypes, um, that's something that's very important to us. And when we're actually thinking about how we design characters, there's two different aspects to it. There's one is the entirety of the character, making sure it's just a badass character. Jaeger is a badass character. But when you break him down in terms of the parts for customizers, what are his parts? Well, he's got leather pants. That's really important. Well, he's got furry arms. Leather pants and furry arms normally don't go together,
3: mm-hmm.
6: right? Speak you know, for yourself, right? So are different <laughs> because, like, if you grow up with D and D, and you want to make those different type of characters, you want your lizard ranger character, you want your, you you know, your wolf barbarian. Those are the things that um, I think so far have not been really explored very well in any of the fantasy lines that I've seen to date. So. That's something that we really wanted to bring to the table is that ability if you want to make your own DD character that's half orc, half human, um, that's a ranger, then you can make that. There's no reason you can't.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. Oh, that's that's interesting. Cause I'm not I didn't wasn't sure if anybody had asked that if, they, mm-hmm. if that was gonna be a feature of the figures, whether you could pull them apart and sort of do like a mishmash of them and stuff. If that's a feature, then the that's cus- customizers oh. are gonna go
2: wild. <laughs> It would go wild with that, I'm sure. Yeah. So w- while we're on the subject of, of like you setting this apart from other lines, um, the the articulation being able to hold, is it is it going to be like, I don't know what you want to call it, like ratcheted or, you know, no, you, you, you mentioned like the Motu stuff and those have all that, the smooth articulation and, if yeah, there's so the, one. The, go, ahead. go ahead, go ahead.
6: No, the disc, the disc will be smooth disc. I mean, all the peg, uh, all the pegs are, um, they're not completely round. That has to do with friction, but the the turning of it is round. There isn't no a ratchet. just because of their size. They don't need ratchets, um, in my opinion, and then the people that are engineering them, their opinion as well. Um, if we go bigger for certain characters, um, then you might need some ratcheting due to the mass, and mm-hmm. the in there, but. For right now, no, you don't need that. Okay. Mm.
2: Yeah, because uh, I don't know. But with, like, the legions and the Motu stuff, like, a lot of them, uh, like, I'm going to be that guy and say they, you know, I, I set them up, and then I go to, you know, whatever, a couple days later, and they're all on the floor, you know?
4: <laughs> oh, you know how many times I'm thinking I'm getting, I'm getting robbed because my mythic legions fall off the shelf? <clears throat> right. <Maybe. laughs> Yeah, you just hear a big thump upstairs. I'm like, uh, oh, what the fuck? Who fell? Yep. You
6: hear the Have you guys got those D20 wolves yet? <clears throat> yes. Uh-uh. Yeah. Those yeah. things are so heavy. Yeah, I got one- I mean, it's like a brick. Seriously, it's gonna go through. A, it's gonna break glass when that thing falls. Somebody attempts. I mean, not that, that it's got loose joints, but so one person was asking about the short hardness of the figures in the field, and so lots of the independent toy makers will make those joints tighter and they want you to heat them up so that they don't lose that looseness mm. to them but then there's that whole other side of collectors that don't want to have to heat up their figures and feel like they shouldn't but what they don't really and they'll say well marvel legends you don't have to heat them up And you're like yeah but two months later your marvel legends don't stand up because their <laughs> joints are all floppy that's that's <laughs> the difference like mm-hmm. it, it would be great if if we could have the both the best worlds where it was completely smooth. You never had to heat it heated up and the joints were always tight, but this is plastic. So if we want to make figures out of like, I don't know, CNC machine with precision tooling, we can do that and it'll work. But, you know, none of you are going to have wives and you're not going to have houses. So-, <laughs> so there's a little give and take and you you try your best to, to, to hone it in. Because making a toy at the plant is part science and part art, and that's the truth of it.
4: Well, that's what, that's what I wanted to ask you. I forgot. Um, we, when you were talking about you know you having to deal with you know the China situation and how is it doing that all remotely? Have you have to go over there yourself yet? You know, are, are you planning to? You know, is that you have somebody over there? You know, feet on the ground type of situation
3: or something?
6: That that's a great question. And it's really important. So yes i do plan on going over there no i will not be going there anytime soon to go into china with uh vaccinations you have to go through i believe it's either a 10 or 14 day quarantine Mm -hmm. um and then when you leave you would have to go through another 10 to 14 day quarantine so if you just went for one day it's a 29 day round trip Oh, Um, and that doesn't account for like, like right now where Shanghai is shut down. So if you got stuck in a city where it got shut down, that would extend your trip. Mm. Now uh, we go through Dave Proctor of Spartan Toys. Dave is uh, one of the founding members of Boss Fight Studios. He actually lives in Hong Kong and he is what we call our factory manager. And his business partner is Shen, who runs the factory on the mainland. And so that's who we utilize. Yes, he's there. Yes, he. he's very helpful and not very helpful he's essential to the process so yeah i mean it's not a secret that we're going to be using the same factory that um valverse uses that marauders uses that <coughs> Spirit toys is now using um there's probably like six or seven other brands i can name off but that's who we're going through
3: mm-hmm.
0: Mark44 Prime in the chat was asking if there's any chance for any savage sci fi ish type characters. So I don't know if maybe, um, if he means maybe like sort of like spacesuit ish or, you know what I'm saying? Something like that. Is something like that possible in in this world you're creating?
6: Let me see. He said he wasn't going to pigeonhole himself. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would like to think that Savage Crucible is 90% fantasy and 10% science fiction. I think that's a fair um, way to look at it. I'm actually looking for something. Go ahead.
1: I have a question here from uh, Chris. Uh, He says here that since you got your start in 3D printing for another line, how will you embrace and engage that for uh, the Savage Crucible community?
6: Well, we're going to steal Chris's beard idea for his dwarf heads. That's the first thing we're going (laughs) to do. Chris has done he's working on a project right now. That's really cool where he's got uh, like several different beards for an armored head. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's a great idea to really uh, maximize the part usage on a 3D printing. But yes, we were still going to be offering uh, heads and parts for the Savage Crucible line through MAFC. In fact, we're actually going to be offering parts that are compatible with, like, the Spiro AWOC toys as well when they come out. Um, oh, so wow. that's an opportunity for artists to branch out and touch <clears throat> on different character types that they have in the past through MFC. Mm. Nice.
1: <clears throat> I had, uh, I was taking note of some of the other questions here. Uh, six Bonk, Bra. That's a nice <laughs> handle. I like that. Um. But do you have a plan for what factions you plan to put out first in the uh, in the Kickstarter?
6: Yeah, do you I, have factions or? I definitely have a plan of the characters that we are going to release. Okay. Um, the concept of factions, so I can say that in the world of Savage Crucible, there are factions, there are governments, there are sub-factions, there are cults. There's not. Um, it's a little bit more complex than just having good guys or bad guys. There's some guys that are morally gray. There's some guys that would do things that are repulsive to us, but in the grand scheme of things, they're not really bad. I mean, we're not bad because we eat meat, right?
1: Mm. Uh, yeah, that, that, someone else had another kind of question that kind of leads into that well, too, was um, are there going to be like main heroes well, and villains? like? Do yeah. you have a He-Man Skeletor, you know, type of type of thing? Um,
6: the villains are, uh, are really easy to come up with, and they're awesome. Um, the good guys are a lot harder um, for me. I don't know why. It just seems that way. Uh, that seems to be the consensus. And the hero of the first graphic novel, um, not to reveal his identity, it's not me, um. Uh, yes, there will be main. <laughs> <laughs> um, there will be some main characters, definitely. They're not all going to be just generic characters. There's definitely a story, and that's the whole point of the graphic novel. Is you not only get to learn about the lore of the world and the mechanics, but you also get to do these deep dives on certain characters.
0: Yeah. And, and that sounds good um, to hear. Like the, the way you're approaching it, like uh, you know, some characters being morally gray, not all good, all bad, you know and the sort of like the way it is in reality. Um, and and in fiction, it's nice to know you know you could read a comic or a graphic novel and get uh the complexity uh you know of characters like that you know what i'm saying like and it's not just sort of like a you know one sided black and white uh sort of deal um and just you know very common like archetypes that you would probably expect uh, from this type of uh fantasy line you know so that sounds interesting like everything i'm a big comic collector <laughs> you know what I'm saying? so like everything i'm hearing about the graphic novel just has me super interested um and again like i, I always kind of saw myself i wasn't huge into fantasy you know but um you know watching game of thrones and you know i play like skyrim and stuff and i'm kind of like really into that It was surprisingly because i was like ah, i didn't really think i'd be into that kind of like lore like that um but certain things you know from pop culture like that pull me in um a graphic novel you know depending you know on the quality of whatever i'm reading um you know i'm a big art guy too i would you know love artwork uh you know so if a Graphic novel could pull me in. I mean, I would definitely be interested in checking out a figure or
1: mm-hmm.
0: two, um, especially just after seeing that little preview video with the articulation on that prototype. I mean, that looked great. Are,
1: you. are we looking at a, uh, a comic or graphic novel before the drop of the uh, figures or would that be after?
6: No, we are going to drop the graphic novel before figures are in hand. Um, one potential idea is to have the graphic novel readable during the Kickstarter um, as a sort of a gift to people that pledge.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, cool. Sort of like a, thanks. You're not going to be getting the figures for a while, but we can pump this out to you like relatively soon, right? That of thing.
6: I want to say a while, but we'll say that yeah, you won't be getting them tomorrow
1: yeah yeah well you um, know you, you make that pledge and there's always the wait time but i think right. I, saw,
6: and, and I saw some other... the, the coins and the medallion right. the graphic novel mm-hmm. all of those things will be made available to people in a very very short amount of time um they'll have that in the hand, so they don't have to wait for that the, the graphic novel like i said it's already it's already drawn um and practically finished in fact uh rubis and abraham are actually working on the the script for the second one as we speak so a lot farther along than i don't know it, it's just my impression but it seems like people talk about things that aren't done or aren't finished and it takes 2 years to get done or something to that effect and that's not where i like to be i don't i don't want to be there uh, in that conversation so someone was asking about mounts and i'm like yeah i'd love to make mounts i we haven't even designed a mount yet right. i mean just to be perfectly honest because if you think it's expensive to make one figure you can imagine amount being that much bigger and how much more expensive it is and you have to be you know think about this in terms of i'm offering six different characters with completely unique tooling i'm taking the entire process of having one or two bodies in a kickstarter or a toy line and throwing it out the window completely saying no one no one knows what they're doing i think they do know what they're doing they're controlling their costs and they're being very smart about it and they're being very meticulous about how they don't waste money on that tooling so you have to be cognizant of that when you're looking at those battle danes you know i have a way of selling those outside of savage crucible to help me make up for what i think that those danes won't be that popular i also have those other different head ideas in terms of how you make it into a demon dog, which might appeal to certain people that, you know, would buy that. So you have to make sure that you reuse your tooling to a certain degree so that that cost isn't too high. At the same time, I want to make sure that I don't overuse my tooling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah uh combine Wars, uh circa 2015 right <laughs> we've got a, about 40 transformers that were based off like four molds or something like that mm-hmm. so glad to hear we're not going to get anything like that here uh, and awesome to hear that there's going to be content basically coming out before the figures are ready to be shipped uh to the collectors once they're ready um badass reviews also in the chat he's like he's saying it will be awesome to have comics uh prior to the line so you people could familiarize themselves with the story you know so
3: uh, that's pretty awesome. Another couple so more. I keep
2: oh
0: right,
2: uh, I kept I kept seeing in the chat and and you just mentioned, you know, the cost and all that kind of stuff. Have we have we uh, come to a roundabout? You know what I mean? I don't know if you want
6: to give it away yet or not, but have we the numbers have not been finalized, no. <clears throat> okay. um, the paint Decos have a huge they have a depending on how you depending on what accounting school of thought you go to, you can say they have about a 30% impact on the price point. That
4: that's because you only got three people painting for you, you know? You got (laughs) you got Nikki, Timothy, and
6: uh Andy painting all these
4: fucking things. Like (coughs) so um
6: no, that the the from the factory those the 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 strokes the actual number of times the brush touches the figure blah blah, it blah, all has an impact on price, and so that does that's a factor. So no, I don't have final prices. I know where I want to be. I want to be forty dollars or less. Um, I am a crazy son of a bitch, and I don't have to worry about margin as much. So yeah, I can cut my margin to make a price point that other people can't.
1: Mm. You could be the Todd McFarlane of the fantasy figure realm. <laughs> yeah. No, don't, don't compare him to Todd. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I... He said he was crazy. <laughs>
3: oh, oh, I, oh, I, speaking,
1: speaking of price points, some people are asking, uh, you know, we're familiar with the term builder. You know, would there be uh, figures with, I guess... A lower amount of pain apps and things like that.
4: You weren't paying attention. Yeah, yeah. where
1: we were, were you? Were I was flipping you? through the pictures. I, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> they say that multitasking is a thing, but it's really not. All it's right. Not. So, I mean, I
6: think uh, <laughs> uh, Dronowski had a great idea. I think it was it, called it called a Savage Slates or something. I think that's yeah. what I saw in the chat. um That's an interesting idea. I got to think on a little bit more. But yes. Going back, we are going to have at least two figures that are going to have minimal paint apps that we're going to offer at a lower price uh, for customizers and for obviously for armor building purposes.
4: No. Yep. Um, in addition have- to the head
6: packs and armor packs and weapon packs. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so I have a question. So um, <clears throat> you know, we we got in on Kickstarters before um, pretty late. I, I would say we didn't get on in and on the Kickstarter. So we got in on lines, you know, a year or two after the fact and you know those core characters were kind of hard to obtain so i wanted to ask you like what is your plan on you know like the avail- availability of each wave when they come out how long would they be out Are, are you plan on selling them out and re-releasing or not re-releasing or having them ready available all the time
0: Or are you even open to it? Because maybe those questions are too early to ask. So if, if, let's say, the line is a hit, it sells out, and people are clamoring for more, like, are you open to re-releases? Or would you rather keep things more limited
6: for, you know, supply and demand, you know, reasons? So these are great questions. And let me put the first one to bed is there's no such thing as having something available all the time. Yeah. That doesn't exist anywhere. Yeah. Uh, even McDonald's closes for a couple hours.
5: <laughs> yeah, so. You don't serve breakfast late night anymore. Jesus, uh, some <laughs> yeah. this, there, isn't, you
3: know. this isn't Kenner, 1987, <laughs> where
1: the figures are on the pegs all the time.
6: Um, so, yeah, uh, that doesn't exist. The question at the heart of your question is, is, how much extra am I going to pony up for on the hope that other people will buy it later? Um, who didn't back the Kickstarter? Which is a twofold, tricky question. One, it's an investment question, and two, it's a loyalty question. Um, it goes back to the reason why we're doing an antique silver medallion in the Kickstarter versus the gold antique medallion that all of the, the the people that supported MASC, um, and that was the idea was, is that I I wanted that to be special to those people because they did spend a lot of money with the company and i do value that and um you know it's just my personal opinion i have no problems re-releasing something but in my opinion that if you re- re-release something it needs to be different somehow okay it needs to be a version two okay. and whether that's a paint deco or a, a changed part <laughs> or whatever that's that's in my opinion, and that's just my opinion, the people that supported you from the beginning, that's showing them the love mm-hmm. that they deserve for supporting you from the beginning. Yeah. that's, um, that's, wow, that's good. And, you know, Andy, if there's going to be a Target exclusive, then we'll have to drive to <laughs> Minnesota to work that out with them. But, um, <clears throat> no, um, it and it's a double-edged sword guys I trust me I'm a collector too I I can't stand like con exclusive figures that drives me insane because who the hell has the money to fly across the country to stay at a hotel to stand in line for two hours to buy a figure like it doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense to me um
4: that guy that guy that guy that well, yeah Everybody <laughs>
6: um, I, I do like the idea of of having uh a figure that you take to conventions and you rotate the conventions you go to and so i may not be in part of your country the part of the country that you live in this show but in six months i might be and then i'll have that figure there and i have it you know i agree to sell it at multiple different places throughout the year to give you an opportunity to buy it all right so it's a it's a convention exclusive that's exclusive to me going to conventions Mm-hmm. Multiple conventions at multiple locations. I feel like that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but-
1: I, have a, I have a question. Uh, who? What will be the lucky region
3: uh, in regards to these conventions?
1: Uh, you know, I'm up here in Delaware, just a couple hours from all the conventions where I can get all the a lot of the stuff that I that a lot of people covet here that are here. Um, I don't. Are the people down in the southeast? they're going to have all those multiple opportunities since that's
6: That's just it. Like, that's the thing we talk about is like, which part of the country do we want to go to next? And yeah, sure. Atlanta's two hours for me. It's a really big city. It's a great easy city to fly into. Well, I probably do that convention every year. Yeah. Because I I like it. Um, And this is something like uh, me and uh, Jason Spiro, uh, Jason B at Spiro Toys talk about is, is having one or two conventions you do every year as a consistent, you know, basis, but then picking two other conventions that you rotate and you go to two different parts of the country every year, different places. And so that you do have that opportunity to meet new fans who otherwise wouldn't be able to get to meet, not necessarily me per se, but to get to experience the figures and being in person, ask questions. So we think that's important. Um, So that's what we plan on doing. So yes, uh, from my perspective, my strategy is yes, we will be in the Pacific Northwest at some point. Yes, we will go to Texas yes i will actually go to illinois um that's a joke i've been there before just don't want to go back. <laughs> um no seriously though uh chicago's a very clean city despite what some people actually think about it it's a really nice city yeah so we've been a yeah. few
4: times but we don't want
6: to go back either <laughs> yeah, sure um there's a there's there, you know there's most places i don't want to visit again are usually like somewhere in the middle east so um you'll never catch me back in iraq so, um, Florida, yes, Florida, well, <laughs> Florida. Um, so yeah, that's the idea is to actually, uh, Albany, Georgia, or Albany, New York. There's a you gotta remember, guys. Yeah, in New York. He's guys. in New York. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so
3: I'd yeah, that. that's, that's my thought process on it is that
6: we want to go out and meet fans, we want to be able to interact, um, with them in different places. That's what I like to do can't do it all in one year but that's the plan yeah
4: i think that's great i mean um what you said before rob like about going to toy and a lot of people not not knowing about the fantasy stuff right you su- it's surprising sometimes to see like this day and age with everybody on social media and all over you know the internet and stuff that they don't know about certain things like especially collectors
5: that
4: for the first you know to see something like that and be wowed by it the first time is kind of interesting to you know like where are, what are you doing with the rest of your time i guess most of these people are just you know the type of collectors that they only look for what they what they know and or just um walking into stores and just picking up what they see you know what i mean like as opposed to actually like watching a podcast or Watching reviews the way we do, you know. So I think that's interesting that you're gonna visit other parts of the country. That's a, that's a really good um, deploy, I should say. Yeah.
0: And the uh, and the answer as far as like you know what you said about the re-releases and, and wanting to give people different, I think that underscores the fact, guys, that if anybody's watching, listening, like right now, and you know you intend to support the line, like go in and and don't miss out because I mean. You know you don't know if something's going to get re-released and if it does it's not going to be exactly like the original as rob said you know as as far as what he would like to do Um, I think that's an interesting answer, because you know what, it it might give somebody a mold of a character they might've missed out on, but it's not gonna be the exact same piece. And I think that helps the collectability across the board Mm -hmm. uh, of the line and the the figures themselves. So I I think that's a a cool answer. Um, And I mean, I'm seeing a lot of excitement in the chat, like just, it seems like there's a lot of people that wanna go in. So, I mean, once there's more information available, I mean, we'll keep talking about this, of course. you suggested bringing um, other other creators you're collaborating with. Uh, you know, we'll have them on the show discuss this line further. Um, are there any other questions that the panel wants to ask, or anybody asking in the chat the, that they have? For yeah, Dom.
5: What about you, Dom? <laughs> <I'll be good. laughs> you know, so. I, I just know, no, I just love the aspect of when he asks that question. Because it, it is always a battle between, you know how exclusive or you know how rare or somehow, how you know whether reissues are going to happen but from from your response to a loyalty like uh aspect is it is it is it is like I, I i would never thought about that in that aspect but it is type of a loyalty aspect to say you know hey if, if i'm in, in your figures at the first bad and i'm buying these things there is some type of loyalty that i would like to see from 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 a vendor or from like a a toy maker to say, I, 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 you know, this, this is when, you know, these are the figures that I'm, I'm giving you. If you buy them now, this is what I, you know, this is what I, this is the gift that I have for you is that you, you're going to have that, that specific type of character or that figure. And, and it's not going to be remade from, 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 from that aspect, I know it pisses a lot of car- you know, collectors off because you know the rarity. You like to get, you know, you didn't know the the, the line at that particular yeah. time, or mm-hmm. didn't have the money at that particular time, you know. But in a sense, it's it's you know, you're you're giving that gift to that person who did get in mm-hmm. at the first uh, at the first beat. And and listen, at the end of the day, that's the
0: that's the name of the game with collecting, right? Yes. Like, because mm-hmm. I mean, it, or else they'd keep making G one stuff. I mean, they reissue stuff, right? But they can't keep giving you everything because then the original. Stuff is worthless, <laughs> you <Yeah, laughs>
2: know. Exactly. I mean, so, um, I, I, I'm most excited that I actually get like I get in on something from the beginning, and I don't. Have yes, to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Know, yeah, I have yeah, to yeah, go change. fetch.
5: Yeah, because yeah. yeah, you know. we all have been there. and it's 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 what collecting yeah. is all about. Like you know, we we've had. Uh, you know times where we would collect something and all of a sudden realize that there there is a history of old or old older figures that they did produce and we have to go deep into our pockets and 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 and, and buy these figures but i think every time i've done that i i, I enjoy it i enjoy it to the point where you know I, I have to work at it to get some of these exclusives because they are exclusive or they are rare and and at mm-hmm. the end of the day that's that's that that's, that's when I got that figure in hand, I, I, I appreciate it a little bit more for that rarity and that exclusivity.
6: Well, it, it just comes from my own collecting, I, the classifieds, I was, I, you know, went in and I bought the snake eyes and, and I was doing great. And that's that summer of COVID, they just wanted to make everything a damn target exclusive that you couldn't mm-hmm. get. And I was like, I'm out, I'm done. I'm not doing that. Like, they lost me like right out the gate, like really, yeah. like, it wasn't what, like eight weeks in or something. I was like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And. It was just a real turnoff. Uh, I'll be honest, uh, I bought the entire Kickstarter for Mythic Legions off a guy. And he was actually angry about all stars. Because um, mm-hmm. he's like, I put down like, I think it was 1500 or something he spent for like the first figures. And he didn't like that. Like he hated that some people hate that the value of their toys drops or whatever. And I get that. Um, but And I don't, I I get the appeal of reissues. I I really do. And I understand like having main characters and people needing their main characters for their collection. Um, But at the same time, you know, if I do a serpent or a lizard guy in red, the next guy can be an off red. You don't have to have this exact same shade of red, right? (laughs) Yeah, he can have different color eyes. that could be just a different version but you still have access to the character so i don't feel like i'm restricting anybody's collecting ability but i'm also honoring the people that did support me from the beginning so that's that is important i mean
5: yeah i don't know else
6: i don't know how else to do it and there's a better way i'm I'm glad it's
5: definitely a delicate balance and it's 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 like it's great to see how collectors think about it and how uh, you know how uh you know know, creators think about it and companies think about it so it's 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 just great to hear it from you know just from both aspects and understand the the whole balance of things and and i I know it i know there's pros and cons to both sides and you know it's just got to find out what works for you and 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 you know let the collectors deal with it (laughs) it's just like yeah i feel you know with collecting you you have to you, you can't appease the masses but at the end of the day you try to appease as much more as much people as you can and i think though that balance is, has to be has to be you know determined
1: and i think collectors i mean there's a learning curve there i mean what we saw during the pandemic was something i'd never seen before mm-hmm. i mean obviously people are having trouble getting the product that they like to get on the retail side but then they start discovering toys that are made by these smaller companies and they're like where is it i mean there was a you know from a from a mythic perspective there was a, an extreme dry spell where the, you just couldn't buy any of it and everybody's learning about it and getting into it and the only thing you can do is is find it in the aftermarket and and i think that's what you know got people really upset they just didn't understand like well, how, how come i can't buy this and why is the stuff that i am finding so expensive so i think collectors do have a learning curve in, in that regard mm-hmm. yes. um i mean these people are coming in from marvel legends and black series you know wanting to buy this these smaller toy lines and they're just getting frustrated and you know the the, the world has changed it's all about instant gratification and entitlements and things like that so yeah. you know, sometimes you just gotta calm down yeah you'll get your chance but everybody nobody wants to wait people want to mess with it now yeah, they want to mess with well, it now they don't yeah.
6: understand the cost and they don't understand the yeah. weight and they don't understand the risk that you take and yep. i mean going back to exclusives like if you have an exclusive at a convention um doesn't that hurt your the, your retailers the people that are putting up big money to help support you
3: Yep.
6: how do you have that conversation i mean mm-hmm. that that makes things a lot really tricky and those are questions you have. the kickstarter exclusive okay well if i have a kickstarter exclusive but then i have retailers but they don't purchase during the kickstarter do you let them have a kickstarter exclusive do you want to make those people angry yep, yep, yep. i mean those are questions you have to ask yeah. from a business standpoint you want to sell as many figures as you want you know so that's the business side of it you don't want to restrict them from that standpoint that's a very narrow-minded view of doing it but that's not that you know when you're looking at x's and y's you want to maximize the the amount that you sell from a business standpoint it doesn't matter which business you're in but if you don't have to rely on the money if you don't have to make the money if you can be comfortable with the way that you live and your lifestyle then you can make certain choices about honoring people and loyalty and people that support you so um i think that's to me, that's way more important. So, but I'm also in a way different level than other people. So, I understand that. Not me. How,
4: so, I have another question. How, how, how much does this take away from your day to day? Because you have basically two full time jobs aside from this. So, this is like a third job. So, <laughs> yeah. So, how are you dealing with that? <clears throat> Still smiling your face right now, you know. Well, a lot of Xanax.
6: Um, you know, two or three, <laughs> two or three every hour. Um, so, no, uh, it it's can be uh, it's 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 a lot. Uh, if you go look at my team page and you see everybody on there, I talk to half those people every week. Easily every week I talk to them about something. And that's not even all the people like <laughs> my colorist is not on there. Uh Alex is not on there. There's a couple other people that I haven't even updated the website. Um who are part of the team, we have been part of the team for a long time who are logistics
4: on there. guys not on there yet. <laughs> the yeah, guy. <laughs> yes, 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 <laughs> we gotta talk
6: about that. Um and so It's hard. It really is. Now I brought in a good friend of mine to help me with the 3D printing business and they have helped me out a lot. Um, But part of that was a transition because I got divorced a while back and my ex-wife helped me a lot with the 3D printing business. And so um, there was a transition period there. And then we moved into a bigger shop and that, that helps that a lot. What people don't realize is when you're trying to do parts, for a third party, and you have multiple artists, you have to talk to them all the time. There's people that want to know if their parts fit on the on the figures, blah, blah, blah. They want to see pictures of it. You gotta take pictures of it. Um, and then as uh Brink brought up earlier, uh, I have another entire career that I do um that is interesting. And um, you know, if you want to know a lot about socks, I can tell you a lot about socks.
1: <laughs> and uh not the ones that go on your feet.
6: Not the ones that go on your feet, right? <laughs> um thanks, Enron. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I do do a lot and it is complicated. And, uh, uh, I do actually like to go out on dates and, um, I went on a vacation two weeks ago uh, that I haven't been on vacation in three years. And that was, uh, that was unique well, for me. So yeah, it is a lot. It really is. But I have a, a lot of people that help me. And so that's the important part. And I think one of the blessings and curses of getting to work with me is that I give people a lot of creative freedom. And that's, that allows them to get to express themselves. So I really like working with people that will put their heart and soul into their work. And so I, I'll be honest, someone, uh, someone's had something derogatory to say about the dwarf sculpt on the proportions. And I think I just, I said something like, "Well, I trust you know Matt O'Toole and Kevin DeVise completely to make a great dwarf. I'm not worried about it. Um, I, you know, what are your qualifications for making a dwarf over those two individuals? Those, for those that don't know, that you know they are well known and well respected in certain communities. So, um,
4: I'll speak on that. I mean, those dudes, I they make killer dwarf um, custom heads." But Matt's also worked on the Hobbit movie and done the makeup and all that for the dwarves—the actual real-life shit. So you can't <laughs> tell me anybody knows better than than them. Boys. Come on, <laughs> <You're talking clears> throat> throat> all, you know, i <laughs> being nice. I mean, you know. We're, 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 we're nice, so. <laughs> You know, he's so, a savage, savage
6: the yeah. savage is coming at him right i mean uh, you guys are gonna get mad uh, Dave, when we'll talk about his first day on the set of the hobbit that is a badass story <laughs> you right now so oh,
5: uh, no, no. Dave should, know, Dave should know because these are his people so exactly <laughs> exactly, exactly.
3: <laughs>
6: but no you have to trust the people that you're with and i do and they 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 are very creative and they have a they have their own vision and they put their own spin on it so you know when you people call me the creator of savage crucible i'm the owner of the brand but everybody that works with me gets to help create it's collaborative yep yeah yeah and and, and being a fan
4: from the names that i that you've you know spat off and uh, ones i've read i mean the team itself is just great people like you know overall i've interacted with a few of them over the years collecting and and they're just great awesome people some of them i've met you know you know face to face at some of the cons and I, 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 I re- really like it. Good, real, like down to earth people. So, it, it, can I go through this list
3: list You guys people? do together. Can, you you like guys have time
6: this? to go through the oh, list? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So, so Dave, you know Dave Proctor, the our factory rep. He owns Art and Toys, and he was one of the founders of Boss Fight Studios. Um, he actually worked at Hasbro for a long time, and uh, one of the some people say one of the best snake eyes ever sculpted. He did. So he's actually a sculptor as well. Um, Arlen, and I won't butcher Arlen's last name. Um, he actually does a lot of sculpting currently for Hasbro and MESCO. So you guys probably have some mm-hmm. of his figures on your shelf. Yeah. Um, Kevin Delise, you know, uh, a fantastic sculptor uh, out of Germany. You guys know that he used to make 3D. I'm uh, not sorry. He makes 3D sculpts obviously we sell, but he also used to be a traditional sculptor back even during Motu. Uh, Nick Whitmore, he's he's sculpted for Boss Fight Studios. He's sculpted for Marauders. He's sculpted for, he works for Lego for a couple of years. Um, So another great guy that's done, worked on a lot of different properties. Uh, Lee Robinson out of Australia. Uh, Can't say enough great things about Lee. You have to ask him about uh, Custard uh one day Uh, but um he um is a fantastic writer and one time he wrote something in the chat one time and we thought he had plagiarized hp lovecraft and it's something he wrote on the fly and uh he just he's he's pretty he's just an amazingly talented person um matt o'toole uh half British half Irish lives in New Orleans just a great guy does practical effects in his, his life works on a lot of uh, movies uh, a lot of movies that you guys have enjoyed over time does some great cosplay outfits he's a traditional sculptor and he has done a lot of the concept art on ours as well Rubis out of Greek if you haven't you need to look up his Santa Claus YouTube video that is badass um it is fantastic I mean it is a great I just, it's, it's hysterical. It's, it's, it's basically Santa showing up to like some kind of gangster Christmas party and uh, everything gets out of hand. So it's fantastic. <laughs> definitely, definitely go watch that. It's well made. Um, but he does uh, some great graphic novels and his concept art has been on point the entire time. Uh, Taryn Fiddler is a up and coming artist out of, uh, he actually lives on the same island that Arlen does. And Arlen's the one that turned me on to him. And he's done a fan, custard apples, sorry, sorry, custard apples. Um, Taryn, you know, his his, his style is very unique, and I can understand why people appreciate his style. Um, It wasn't going to work exactly with the articulation that we wanted in terms of the engineering, but his concept was on point for, you know, the Harbinger and a lot of different characters. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, Professor Lake, uh, who lives in the United States, and uh, he uh, is the only person I know that's angrier than me. We like to tease him that he's the angry <laughs> Canadian. Um, he's, a, he's a great sculptor, but he also uh, doesn't take a lot of shit from a lot of people. So I love him to death. He's a great person to bounce things off of. And everybody knows Nicole Chaney. Um, she's like my sister, and I uh, just love her to death. And she she's always great about bringing me back down to earth and she's done a lot of work actually on uh giving a lot of different images for a lot of the exotic animals in the line and making sure that we have some color schemes that are actually really unique also lifelike um ej de la cruz you know he's a fantastic concept artist also has done some comic books as well um omar is awesome he's still working on our animation um i can't really say much more about that right now but you know, to
2: animation breaking news. (laughs) (laughs) You
6: you guys will, they'll figure it out eventually. So, uh, James Gee is a young man out of uh, Britain. Um, he actually started working with me when he was in high school. And, uh, some of the, some of the writing that you'll find, he helps me with the world Bible. And so he's actually been working on that for two years. Um, he writes every week on the world Bible, and that gives you an idea of how complicated the world is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Miller is another outstanding uh, painter, uh, customizer, who's going to be helping with some paint schemes. He's done some uh, previous early prototypes last summer for us. And if you've been to the website, you've seen the awesome maps that Seth made for us from he hand, he hand drew every one of those maps, by the way. Wow, really? um, yeah, it's pretty impressive. At least I was thoroughly mm-hmm. impressed. And then we come to Abraham, who's a prolific writer with an incredible amount of enthusiasm. And I can't wait uh, to you guys read what he's written. And I just, you know, he's had some success and he's written some other scripts and things like that. I don't want to spoil it for uh, everybody else, but uh, just the amount of thought that he puts into everything is next level um from my standpoint like I thought I was always playing chess three steps ahead and this guy <laughs> his writing is like five steps ahead nice. so um just just awesome and a couple other people there's Maya who's the colorist I'll add and then Alex Wu who's another uh actually I think he was just in, he just posted this awesome custom of this uh turtle creature in that 100 action figures group Alex Wu's his name he's Hong Kong based and he a lot of the color samples that you guys will be seeing on Instagram, he actually did those um, in the two D art, and then we'll get into some of his uh, actual prototype painting. So. Awesome. so, That's that's you know that's most of the team. There's a couple of people that aren't on there yet, but we'll get to that. Um, someone asked in the chat about soft goods, and there is a plan to have one character have one item of soft goods and um out the gate and uh we haven't announced who our prototyper is for that yet they're getting their moment in the sun soon enough
0: oh that's quite a very team. cool thank you yeah thank you thank you for the mentions and stuff like that and and thank you for being so forthcoming uh with the information you provided uh with us tonight I think a lot of people that were watching listening they, you know looking forward to it we're very happy to hear what you had to say and uh some nice teases that you got on this show as well as far as uh future plans for the line um I mean if there's no other questions I think it'd be a good time to wrap up like I said I, I just you know with as busy as you are you know we just all want to thank you for taking the time to hang out with us tonight to answer these questions and um and to hopefully help build excitement um for the line that's going to be coming in the in the very near future uh anybody watching btm tonight you know we get excited about this stuff so i'm sure we'll be talking about it a lot and um as future information becomes available we'll be relaying it here on on this channel as well so um Thank you, Rob. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, before we head out, just let the people know out there where they could find you on social media, where they could find Savage Crucible, and uh, where they could get information on the
6: line. Sure. So, www.savagecrucible.com is our website. Uh, follow us on Instagram hashtag Savage Crucible, and there is a private Facebook group. You have to answer three questions to get in, and uh, come join us. That's where we update most of our. Most of our fans so I, hope you guys, I really appreciate you guys having me on the show david thank you for asking me i'm yeah, no uh, looking forward to it i'm glad that dominique stopped talking before the show started <laughs> uh, <I haven't
0: laughs> the talk, so. <laughs> thanks again um we usually do continue unbroadcasted once we go off the live portion here so i think some of us will be hanging out i'm not sure if rob will be able to hang um, but we do go, you know, for a little while longer unbroadcasted. Uh, so we usually post a link in our Realm of Collectors Facebook group. Anybody that's interested, hop in, hang out um, if you feel so inclined. And with that, let's just go around the yard. We'll get some where you at, and so we'll
5: wrap up. So, uh, Dominic, I'll start with you, bro. You can find me on Facebook, Dominic Rosso, and here Tuesday nights with these great gentlemen. And, uh, Rob, I, we extend, you know, obviously as things get uh, more into uh, action, you're more than welcome to come back talk about uh you know the releases the some of the characters that are will be in that line and 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 really get us more into you know, what what's going to happen when the, the the you know when we hit the pavement with uh the, the kickstarter and stuff like that that'd be great thank you yep. all
1: right the brink uh at brinkalizer on instagram and you know all things realm on this channel <laughs> i was here last night i'm here tonight i'll be here tomorrow night as well. Uh, subscribe. We try to have as much fun on here as we can. Uh, it's not always fantasy figure talk, but uh, I mean, still if, you fun. Like Robits, if you like Robits, we got those too.
3: Yeah, so <laughs> Robits.
2: There's, there, it's usually a good good amount of banter. Mm-hmm,
4: sure. mm-hmm. Yeah, to follow up on what Brian's saying, um, Brian and Jose are actually part of another show, our flagship show which is on Monday, called ETR. And they basically go down all the toy news, you know, all the current toy news. So anything fantasy, anything sci-fi, anything uh, Transformer-related, there's a segment for each. So um, And you'll find them as well as the, the rest of the cast on there uh, on Mondays at 8 o'clock. So no. join them on Mondays. If not, you can find us, the crew that you have here, minus Gary, who couldn't make it today, on Tuesdays at 8 and like Brian, uh, you know, like, like Brian said, you know, it's not always fantasy. We talk about basically everything, but we do plan on having more Savage Crucible talk on here. Um, like, you know, hopefully, we have some of the artists on here, or maybe we we'll get Rob back again because Dom already invited him. Even oh, he has to come back.
5: He has to, to come
3: back. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, yeah. So. <laughs> Anyway, I'll, just, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> tell them where to find me now So you can go to JD um, You can find me on Instagram Energon Addict Soon to be Stabbage Addict When I decide to change the name <laughs> And uh, here, again here on Tuesdays at 8 And uh, I'll, I'll let JD Alright JD
0: Let him know
2: uh, You can find me Pigment Surgery on Instagram And Xbox Live uh, On this very channel Tuesdays, tomorrow night all new shelf gravy show uh please feel free to join us on this channel here um i don't know what we're gonna build but we're gonna build something paint nice. and i don't know we're, we're gonna get see what trouble we can get in so <laughs> um yeah All right,
0: nice. Thanks, JD. And uh, as for myself, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Hurricane BX, as it says right there. Uh, If you want to follow the real life stuff, also at DS4Fitness on Instagram. Uh, as Dave said, you can check us out on uh, ETR Monday nights, enter the realm, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on this very channel. Uh, Shelf gravy and figure banging every other Wednesdays, they alternate. Um, and BTM, of course, breaking the mold here every single Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on this channel. Uh, everybody in the chat that was hanging out with us tonight, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate you guys. Thank you for throwing the questions out there for Rob. You know, if you want to see more, subscribe to the channel. Uh, We have a website, realmofcollectors.com uh the Facebook group you know that's where we all interact the most you just answer the three questions and we'll let three you questions it's it. only three, three questions that's three. it and uh and there's a bunch of other subgroups that come with that as well realm of cooks rock and wrestling there's a sneaker group and all that realm stuff of sneakers. uh so yeah there, there's a whole realm lot going on Freakers. in the realm <laughs> there's a whole lot going on in the realm of collectors so please <clears throat> join us uh on all those social media channels realm of collectors on Instagram on Twitter all that stuff so, uh, thank you guys for joining us tonight. As I said, we're going to throw a hangout link in the Realm of the Collectors Facebook group. Once again, to the chat, thank you for joining us tonight. And we'll be back next week with a new episode. Uh, so, until then, take care, stay safe, and peace out, guys. Have a great night.
2: Doodles. <laughs> <laughs> Say it with me now.